This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest today, Alana Dunn, who's the former content lead at Hinge Turned Podcaster. Alana has a wonderful show herself, which you might be familiar with already, called Seeing Other People, where she chats all things modern dating and empowering the process of building meaningful relationships. Today, she joins me on Bedside as we cover the ins and outs of finding love and making new connections. Alana shares her own history with dating, mental health, and what to do when you've hit burnout, lost hope, or maybe even don't know where to begin if you've been out of the dating circuit for quite some time. Alana also gets super granular with tips for setting up a killer online dating profile and even tips around sex and intimacy, especially some great one-liners if you are looking to set some boundaries on first dates in an approachable, non-awkward way. And before we get into this episode, some quick housekeeping news. I'm actually hoping to do an entire episode about this very soon, But as I'm working on a new business in the sexual wellness category, I promise you guys I want to keep you looped and right by my side building this thing. So with that said, I made a survey that I'd love for you to take. And I do feel like a kid in Psych 101 asking someone to take my survey, but I promise it's a really fun one all about your sexual wellness habits. It takes one to two minutes. It's so quick. And it's part of a larger initiative to build out our product testing community in the new year, which is so freaking exciting. So when you take this survey, you can opt in to join our exclusive community where I personally will be sending you samples, polling you on your opinions, ideas, perspectives, products as we build out this amazing company. And I know I'm kind of being very elusive right now, but I promise to share as much as I can as soon as possible. You know, I've just got to get everything legally sorted out before I start blasting everything (laughs) out into the world. So bear with me, but I'm so excited and I really, really want you to be a part of building this incredible community, this incredible product. So go ahead to the show notes. I've linked it right up top. You can go click in, take the survey, opt in to become part of our community. And yeah, I'm so excited to be doing this thing and be doing it with you. With that said, let's get into the episode with Alana. This is such a juicy, amazing, informative episode. So let's get to it. Alana, welcome to the Bedside Podcast. So, so happy to have you. Really excited to chat. So welcome. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and I'm so excited to be talking to you. Before we get into like this entire topic of dating, how did you get here? What was your journey to getting to dating and relationships and starting your job at Hinge? So it was definitely a journey. I mean, as far as I know, nobody really like, at least at our age a few years ago, like nobody really aspired to work in the dating world. Like it wasn't really a thing, you know, dating apps are still relatively new. And in the grand scheme of human history, they are brand spanking new still. But I ended up getting there because of all of the struggles that I was having in my dating life. So 
out of college, I actually was in the music industry, never imagined myself leaving. And while I was there, you know, my goal for being in music was that music had impacted my life so much, specifically like how connected I felt to my favorite artists and bands. And I wanted to help musicians, you know, enhance their connection with their fans so that there could be other people out there growing up who could feel so connected and helped. And I noticed very quickly that that really wasn't going to happen for a very long time, if at all. Um, you know, I was 22 working at one of the biggest record labels in the world. And I was listening to my 30 year old coworkers sitting next to me, you know, complaining a, that they were still living paycheck to paycheck and B that they like hated their work and there was no meaning to it. And that the entire industry was just like political bullshit. And I, it was really upsetting for me because I had such big goals and such high hopes. And yes, of course there was a way I could have figured it out, but as this was happening, there was a lot going on in my personal life, specifically in my dating life that was really, really taking a toll on me and my mental health. And so I almost didn't even have the courage that I could get there. And I decided like, I need to leave music. I wasn't listening to music anymore, which was crazy. Like I stopped listening to music while I'm going through this tough time. And usually music was something that was healing for me. And so I just realized like, I need to get out. And so I was applying to jobs for like a really long time because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where else to go. All of my experience was in music. And I ended up getting really lucky where my cousin at the time was working um, alongside the Hinge marketing team at his job at a different company. And he kept saying for months, he was like, I wish Hinge was hiring. Their marketing team is great. You would like you belong there. And for so long, they weren't hiring. And then one day they posted a job description and the title was video and content producer. And all of the skills on that job description were, it was everything I was already doing in music, but applying it to dating. And I just thought to myself, like, wow, if I could use what I know how to do to help even one person not end up feeling the way that I am feeling about their dating life right now, that would be all worth it and more. And so I quickly like pivoted in my mind of like wanting to help people in music to wanting to help people in their dating lives. And you know, at the time I was by no means a dating expert. Like I said, like my dating life was a dumpster fire. So I was like nervous that they wouldn't want me, you know, but my whole life, I was always the friend that other friends would go to, to talk about their dating shit, their relationship shit, not because I knew what to tell them to do, but because I wanted to listen and I was genuinely interested and cared. And so I ended up applying for this job and I got it and it completely like flipped my world upside down. That is so cool and inspiring. And I just like for anybody listening who's like even just wanting maybe to make a career pivot, I love that you could translate kind of the pillars of what music was into dating. And it's so it's all about connection and your skills clearly immediately translated. But I just I love that so much because even me as like a branding designer and advertising person by tradition. And now I'm also like in sex and relationships too, right? So it's like kind of a fun way to like use what you're good at to talk about what you give a fuck about. Exactly. It's also like, there's this idea that, you know, people know exactly what they want to do and they get their dream job. And, you know, so many quote unquote dream, dream jobs end up not at all being that, you know, once those rose colored glasses come off, it's like, oh my God, this place is horrible or like really toxic. And people feel like, well, this is what I set out to do. So I have to stick with it. Like you can literally change your mind at any time. And I guarantee you 95% of the people who are like posting about they're exactly where they want to be. And this is the career they knew they were meant for. Like they're not actually feeling that way. And they probably in their hearts, like want to make a change too. And I think we really need to normalize like 
A, it's okay to not know what you want to do because I thought I knew exactly what I wanted to do and I was very wrong. And B, it is literally never too late to do something different. I love it. I actually just heard everything you said in the lens of career, but I was like, same for dating. And in date, exact, <laughs> 1,000%. Yes, I love it. Okay, so before we get into like the nitty gritty here, like what was your modeling around dating and relationships like? Did you have good parents as role models? Did you have like a neighbor down the street? You were like, I, I love their dynamic. Tell me about how you were raised and what that all looked like. Yeah. You know, my parents are still together. I think they have a great relationship. I definitely in many ways, like want a partnership that resembles theirs. I never really thought too much about it. It was probably more way in the back of my mind. But when I started dating, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I mean, we never learn how to date. We don't learn how to use dating apps. We don't learn how to properly communicate in our dating lives. So you know, there were definitely times where I got into a lot of situationships and, you know, I would go on every date and come back and be like, oh my God, I'm in love. Like literally my roommates and I had a jar, like the douchebag jar and new girl and many other shows. And we each had one thing where when we said it, we had to put a dollar in the jar. <laughs> and mine was literally when I would come home from a date and say, oh my God, I'm in love because it would happen every single time. And obviously none of those situations panned out ever. It wasn't until this really bad, this is about a year after I graduated college. So I guess I was like 23. I was turning 23. Really bad relationship that I ended up getting into that was really toxic. How I say it is it broke me. And and this is when you were at the, like in your music industry job. Yes. This is what led me to want to leave. He, he was in a band mm. um, that I was actually working with. And this before this, I never had an ounce of anxiety. I never considered that I could ever be somebody who could be depressed you know, if anything, I was like too happy and it completely changed like my brain chemistry. And I eight, nine months later was an absolute mess of a person, never wanted to leave my room and never wanted to do anything, see anyone. I was completely hopeless. And from that point on, my dating life was just defined by all of this anxiety that I had. What did getting out of that rock bottom look like for you? Did you have friends who were like, hey, like, are you doing well? Or did you seek therapy? Like, what did kind of that turnaround look like? It was a long process for sure. It definitely like took years to fully move forward. But, you know, when I was still in it, my friends were coming to me and saying, like, we don't think you're okay. Like, we're here to talk. Like, we don't like how he treats you. And I didn't want to hear it. I wanted it to work out. I would say, well, you don't know what it's like when it's just the two of us. You know, I would defend him and, I would really just push them away and then stop talking to them about it and kind of stop talking to them in general. I'm very fortunate that they all stayed by my side. And when I was ready to need them and at this like rock bottom place where I needed support, they were never upset. They never held it against me that I pushed them away. They understood I was going through something really difficult. I did end up starting therapy. You know, I think I emailed and called like 30 therapists one week and then just started going to the first guy who could see me. And at first, I was just going twice a week and hysterically crying the entire time, not getting a word out. It took a really, really long time. And I don't think I was actually over what happened for maybe like two years. I definitely was over him, but not what happened, if that makes sense. First off, a lot of empathy to you. Second, I appreciate you being so transparent because I think that a lot of people are like, forget about it, move on, heal. And it's like, 
no, like sometimes the healing process is going to take you down that fucking rabbit hole, through the garden, in the spirals. Sometimes it takes two years. Sometimes it takes, someone wrote into me the other week. They were like, I'm still so uncomfortable dating. And I was like, that's okay. And like, be okay with your healing. Like I'm a slow burner too. I'm a slow healer. So thank you for acknowledging that. Cause I think there's really something to be said around like there's no rushing a healing process. And look, trust me, I wanted to be okay again. Like I hated feeling this way. It was an, it was a terrible feeling. And, you know, it was a lot of me questioning like, well, what's wrong with me? Why did I not deserve his love? Like, why did I deserve to be treated the way he treated me? And then anytime, like when I did start dating again, it was this constant feeling of, well, everyone else is going to do the same thing to me. And so did I want it to take as long as it took? Absolutely not. Did I even recognize at some points like the impact that it had on me long term? No, but it was such a learning and growing process. And, you know, people always ask me, like, if I could go back in time and undo it all, would I? And I honestly wouldn't because it made me who I am today. And it and it's it's really a huge part of like why I do what I do. So I can't say that I would. I thought that too with like mental health struggles, going through an anxiety disorder and being like, would I ever undo that? And I'm like, I don't think so. Because it made me this amazingly resourceful person that I am today. And like, look at the tools. And now you get to share that too. So, okay, what is your advice as someone who's actually like walked through the fire for someone who has been through a similar situation and wants to kind of begin dating again? What was your process? How did you begin to build confidence and like literally create new neural pathways? What did that look like for you? Like I said, first of all, it takes a really long time. I think the first time that I realized like, oh, there's more to life than this guy and there are other people out there. I was just getting networking drinks with a guy that a friend wanted to introduce me to because he wanted to work in music. And maybe like a half hour in, I'm like, huh, like maybe we're flirting. Like he's kind of cute. And I was like, holy shit. I just spent 30 minutes not thinking about that guy that broke me and thinking about this guy and kind of being a little bit excited. And that was just this indication to me that I was going to be okay. And I think it's looking for little things like that. Maybe, you know, you are able to get excited about making your new profile or a person that you're going on a date with, like you're really interested in them, or you go on a date and you're relaxed. You don't think about that other person. Like you have to recognize all of these little moments that are really, really big wins and give yourself a lot of credit and be proud of yourself. I think realizing that all of these things are building up, even if, listen, even if you go on this date and the date's good, but then you go home and you cry about your ex, that's fine. Go cry about your ex. Like it's not linear, but you have to be proud of yourself and recognize all of the little wins, no matter how small. Does this sound familiar? You get a UTI, do the prescription thing, and then end up with a yeast infection from antibiotics? True story, I once went to a doctor who prescribed me for UTI treatment and then gave me an additional treatment for the quote, inevitable yeast infection to come. To skip that whole ordeal or at least aid in your process, I'm excited to introduce you to Momotaro Apotheca, a certified organic vulva vaginal care line offering a natural alternative to antibiotics and antifungals. They offer an entire suite of sexual wellness care, but 
I'm here to tell you about their vaginal suppository. These 100% plant-derived, flora-friendly, homeopathic suppositories deliver quick, concentrated relief for yeast infections and other common vulvovaginal issues to help you heal, not just deal. Momotaro Apotheca is offering bedside listeners an exclusive discount to their product suite. So head over to momotaroapotheca.com and use the discount code BEDSIDE to access your next best ritual. That's momotaroapotheca.com, discount code BEDSIDE, B-E-D-S-I-D-E at momotaroapotheca.com, M-O-M-O-T-A-R-O apotheca.com. I'll see you at checkout. Okay, so when you were at Hinge, what was that thing when you were there? You were like, oh, whoa, this is something that everybody is experiencing with dating. I think for a while it was the fear of being ghosted. Ooh. And unfortunately, you know, I've been in the dating world for like four years now. We're still dealing with that because people don't know how to communicate. And it definitely happened both like very quickly and over time. But Every single dating issue goes back to communication. Like that is the root of every single dating problem, relationship problem. And it's either communication, like miscommunication, or more often than not, it's a lack of communication. And it's all of these assumptions that we make. And that comes from, you know, oh, like, why isn't he texting me enough? Or like, why didn't he confirm the date? Does that mean he doesn't want to go on the date? Oh my God, am I being ghosted? Am I going to be stood up? And it's like, no, he just had a busy morning and he's going to text you to confirm and he can't wait for the date. Or it's, you know, it's what happens when we don't know what the other person is thinking and we're not communicating what we're thinking. We're not communicating what we need. We're not telling somebody, hey, I had a great time and I want to see you again. And some of these things are so simple that it becomes so frustrating that we're so afraid to do it, but we're afraid to do it because we weren't taught how, and we don't know that it's like what we're supposed to do because other people also aren't doing it. How do we begin to like train that muscle? What is your, I I mean, you must have a, do you have like a dating protocol now? Like if someone comes to you and they're like, I'm getting back in the dating scene, are you like X, Y, Z, follow this list? I don't have anything like that because I really think that dating is so personal and dating advice also needs to be personal. I mean, like, especially from just a business standpoint, people are always like, you need to make courses that people can just like buy and download. You need to make, you know, like a guidebook. And it's like, yes, I could, but I don't think that would actually be that helpful because my thing is everybody dates differently because of the things that have that they've experienced, the things that have impacted them. So what works for me might not work for you. But I think there are certain things, you know, that take practice, that take dipping your toes in, like, you know, going on that date. And afterwards, you don't have to sit there and wait for them to text you. You, It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter. You can just tell them, I had a great time and want to see you again. Because guess what? Then if they had a great time, they're going to appreciate that you said that they're going to appreciate you being, you know, a little bit vulnerable and upfront. And they're going to be like, me too. I had such a great time. Like, when are you free next week? And if they're not interested, you saying that that's not going to be what makes them not interested. That's going to be what gives you the answer you need of if they had a good time or not. And guess what? Like, yeah, if they didn't have a good time, that sucks. But you would rather find that out than sitting there for 
five hours, 24 hours, 48 hours, staring at your phone a thousand times, texting every single one of your friends being like, why haven't I heard from him? What is he thinking? Like he watched my story, but hasn't texted me. Like that is literally the worst fucking feeling on the planet. And if you want to know if he wants to see you again, all you have to do is ask. I love what you just said. I'm going to like kind of reiterate this and drive it home. You texting and speaking your truth and saying you had a good time is not the deal breaker of whether or not it's going to mean the next step because the next step was already kind of predetermined after your date. Like you either vibed or you didn't vibe. You're just getting clear communication. Exactly. And it's not that hard. It's that's the thing. It's really not. We just like don't think to do it because society tells us we're supposed to play hard to get and follow all of these dating rules where, you know, you're not actually being yourself. You're hiding yourself. And that's not the way to form a genuine connection with somebody that can lead to a lasting partnership. You need to push yourself to be a little bit vulnerable and communicate and share how you feel. And yeah, like no relationship or situationship has ever ended over a double text. No guy has ever been like, oh, well, she asked me out like, ew, bye. If anything, like every guy I've talked to has been like, yeah, that's so attractive to me. And I want girls to do that. Like guys are sick of having to do everything. Yeah. And like try and read between all the lines that aren't being said. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, it just should feel easy. It shouldn't, I guess it shouldn't have to feel like a game, right? It shouldn't. And I think we're so caught up in the idea of, well, you have to be, you know, not too available, but not like not available enough. And you have to wait. If they waited two hours, you should wait three hours. Like that is so wrong. And anytime you're playing that game, that's not going to get you anywhere. You know, you want it to feel like an authentic, genuine connection where this person cares about you and you don't have to time out your responses because why would you want to, you know, have to play these games in order to get somebody to want to be with you? Why do you think we're so like addicted to the chase? Yeah. I mean, I th- it makes sense. Like psychologically, people do want what they can't have, which is so frustrating because you should actually, it, it should be the opposite. In a perfect world, it would be the opposite. But here's what happened for me and like how I got into the relationship I'm in now. I was dating this guy who by dating, I mean, like we had gone on two dates. I was obsessed with him and I was obsessed with him because I had no idea if he wanted to see me again. I had no idea how he felt. And so I was just like, oh, my God, like I need to see him. Like, when is he going to ask me for that third date? And at the same time, that's when I went on a date with Jake, who's now my boyfriend. And our first day was fine. It was 20 degrees. We sat outside and had dinner in the freezing, freezing cold in the middle of February of 2021. And all we talked about the entire time was how cold we were. But after the date, he texted me and said, I had a really great time and would love to see you again. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. And I instantly just felt comforted. And I wasn't even like, Yay, like he asked me to see me again. But I guess what? Like, I didn't have to, he didn't even give me the opportunity to feel anxious. Meanwhile, I'm spiraling about this other guy. And that continues to happen. After my second date with Jake, he said, So I was like leaving town for three weeks. He was like, I know you're going home and then going away, but I'd love to talk while you're gone and see you when you're back. And I was just like, How refreshing is this that I know where this guy stands and I don't have to 
be questioning every single move that I'm making. And it was this really big contrast of like, here's somebody who's literally communicating and letting me know how they feel. And here's me feeling so comfortable and aware of where I stand and not feeling one ounce of anxiety versus here's this guy. I have literally no idea what he's thinking. I'm so anxious. I can't stop focusing and overthinking and assuming things and spiraling. And I was giving all of my mental energy to this guy, but it wasn't in a positive way. I couldn't actually tell you a single thing I liked about him. And it took my friend saying to me like, Alana, do you even like this guy? And me being like, well, it doesn't matter if I like him. What matters is, does he like me? And my friend was like, Alana, you can't even tell me that you like him. And I was like, holy shit, you're right. I actually don't like this guy. And that was a really big thing where sometimes, you know, we think we want something, but we don't actually like, we just want to be able to say that we got it, but it might not actually be what's right for us or what in our heart, like makes sense for us. We just want to you know, achieve that thing because it feels unachievable. Yeah. It's like when someone's like, you can't have it and you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to get it. Exactly. Challenge accepted. Tell me when you met Jake, were you on dating apps or were you like set up with a friend? No. So we met on Hinge. This was while you were still working at Hinge. I actually lost my job. I was let go from Hinge in November of 2020. They just decided to shut down social media. They have not started social media back up two years later. So I, this was, we matched in January. So two months after. Okay. Wow. And our date was in February. Oh my God. So good, good for you. Still loyal to the, to the brand. Look, I, you know what? Like I had good times. I had bad times. It's not a reflection of the product itself. Yes. yes exactly. It was always the dating app that worked best for me. Okay. So what would you say to the person who is kind of like feeling maybe burnt out around dating. They're like, oh, like I've just been trying so hard. I've been on the apps. I'm tired of them. I, they're just feeling like they're treading in water. Do you have advice around that? Take a fucking break. <laughs> dating should be fun. And when you're feeling like that, it A, it feels like work. B, you're already feeling like the date is going to fail before you walk into it. You're not getting excited. You're not able to, you know, enjoy the process. And, you know, that rubs off on the person. They can tell whether it's like they can tell like, oh, she's hating dating. They're not going to be like, oh, she doesn't want to be on this date, but they're going to, you know, feel that energy in a way. And it's going to come off as a little negative. Like you're not going to be able to be enjoying it and being your best self. I think taking breaks is so, so important to dating and, during that break, just focus on you. Do the things you enjoy, like literally delete the apps. Like they'll be there when you're ready to get back on. And the beauty of a break is people are always like, well, how do I know when to end the break or how long the break should be? You don't need to set a time. Just take that break. And at some point you will feel that you're itching to go on a date again, or you have this renewed sense of hope or excitement about it. And maybe that will be three weeks later. Maybe that will be three months later. Maybe it'll be a year later but you'll know when it's time. And when you re-enter the dating world, you're going to be in such a better mindset. And you're also probably going to have like these hobbies and passions and other things that you do that you can talk about. You know, your life isn't going to be revolving around dating in the same way. The more I talk to people, the more I hear of people finding connections when they are on that break because they're not focused on it. They're not putting pressure on themselves to meet people or to like go to a party and with somebody because it's not their point of focus. It's not 
They're not going into the night saying, oh, I hope I meet someone tonight. They're saying, oh, I hope I have fun. And when you're having fun, when you're just doing you, that's actually when you're like the most attractive and more likely to end up meeting somebody. I'm not saying go on a break so that you can meet somebody, but it is something that I see happen a lot. Going back to that concept of like, when you're in the chase and in the challenge, you're like, I'm going to push through, but it's like, you don't have to like, let's take a break. Let's like reset. (laughs) I also think like, you know, we hear that phrase, like you have to love yourself before you can be loved by somebody else. I have mixed feelings about this phrase, but I think the same thing applies where if you feel like something is missing from your life or you're not happy with where you're at and you want to like find a partner so badly. Like I spent years of my life thinking if I just have a boyfriend, all of my problems will be solved. If I can get a guy to date me that I like, I will be happy. And no, there were so many other aspects of my life that I needed to work on. And so, you know, at one point I did get a boyfriend and guess what? Like my things weren't solved. If anything, like I wasn't in a place to actually be in a relationship and that relationship failed. And I feel like at the point where Jake and I did meet, it was after this period of like really working on myself and feeling good about where I was at. And I didn't feel like I need a partner. I didn't feel like a boyfriend will solve all of my problems. It was just like, if I meet someone awesome, that's so awesome. If not, I'm still a whole ass person. Yes, I love that. Okay, so I'm curious to know about dating and sex. If I'm going to tell you about how I thought I had to lure people in back in the day, I remember thinking like, oh, we have to immediately have sex so that I can like lure you in and you can't leave. (laughs) I feel like that was the mentality of mine for years. Like if I think of my college days, I was like, that was that. So what are your thoughts on when you're dating and meeting someone new and like where and when does intimacy come in? Do you have kind of an ideology or philosophy around it? Or I'm curious to know your thoughts. Well, to your point, plot twist, like they still can leave after you have sex with them. It doesn't actually rope them in uh, for anyone who still has that school of thought. But I think, you know, like I said, with dating advice, like in terms of when intimacy should come into play, it's so personal. There are going to be people who are so comfortable, you know, sleeping with somebody on the first date and it can work out if you do sleep with someone on the first date. That doesn't rule out the possibility of it working out. But if you don't sleep with somebody on the first date, it also absolutely can still work out. It's so personal to when you feel comfortable. And I think that's what it comes down to is when it feels right for you and when it feels right for the person that you're seeing. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I know for me, I liked to take a little longer. I really wanted to feel comfortable with the person so that I could feel comfortable in my own skin with them. And so what I would do, and for anyone else who, you know, wants to wait and get to know somebody a little more, but you don't really know how to navigate that. I was just upfront, you know, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm disappointing them if they don't get to sleep with me tonight. But I also wanted to kind of level set and set those expectations where if it was after a date, And we were going back to my apartment, going back to their apartment before we would enter the building. I would jokingly, but not jokingly say like, you can come up, but we're not having sex. (laughs) I love it. Straight up. Yeah. So straightforward. And they would just be like, they would like laugh, like sometimes like, oh no, don't worry. You're like, they'd be like, okay, whatever. But I think there was only one time out of many, many, many situations where somebody did not completely respect that. And 
it also made me feel confident going into hanging out in an apartment setting where I felt like, okay, well, they know where I'm at. So I don't have to worry. It's not this like elephant in the room of, well, we won't be. And that just made me feel so comfortable in, you know, knowing that I could continue to get to know them. And there wasn't this thing of like pressure. And, you know, for that person who didn't respect it, great filter. Goodbye. You don't respect my boundaries out. So again, I think it it's so personal. Like that was my situation. I think there will be times where, you know, there are people who you're ready faster and there are people who you're ready slower or the opportunity just isn't there. But I don't think that there's any like you can't do it on this date or it has to happen on this number date. Like I know people who are getting married, who slept together on the first date. I know people who are getting married who didn't sleep together for three months. I'm so with you. I'm like, I think it's it's like to each their own and to each circumstance its own. Um, But I love what you mentioned about like by you saying that first off, like I love the humor in it because I think sometimes people are like, well, how do I state my boundaries and my values with being like, you don't always have to be so mm-hmm. serious. Like I, it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to all. be serious. Like I, I, you know, I love the lesson of humor. I really do. Like honestly, we could do a whole podcast about that because I think yeah. there's like such a, um, there's an amazing, it's an amazing way of communicating. It's not the only way, but it's definitely a way of doing so. But I love what you mentioned where it's just like, if you don't respect that, like, I don't want to deal with it. Like you're not, you're not in my value system anyway. So great. Goodbye. (laughs) Exactly. It's honestly a good filter. I don't know if you've ever encountered an experience like this. What have you ever had an amazing date? Chemistry was great when you were chatting, but like it just was bad sex. Has that ever happened to you? I've definitely had that happen. And I feel like it's, it, it's definitely confusing. And I know there are situations where, you know, like you only get better as you go. So I wouldn't say like, well, count someone out. And again, like bye if it's not great the first time, um, someone also could be rusty and or could be really nervous at the same time. Again, like I think there are people who would put a lot of weight on sex and there I'm actually somebody who the emotional connection is, has always been way more important to me than the physical connection. So like if I had horrible sex with someone, I honestly, but like I was obsessed with them, like emotionally, it wouldn't make a difference for me, but I totally have friends and I've talked to listeners who like, if the sex is bad, they're like, well, I can't like that. This doesn't work for me because that's really important to me. And again, to each their own. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great point. All right. What is your number one piece of dating advice for someone? Like if you were to just give them like one takeaway, what's your thought here? If you don't ask, you don't get, you have to communicate. They have no idea what you need from them. They have no idea that you're sitting there spiraling out of control because they haven't texted you. They don't know that they need to text you unless you tell them. They don't know that you have these needs that you've had. You're assuming that they're going to figure it out. They have no freaking clue in the world. And they cannot assume, they cannot read your mind and you can't read their mind either. So if you're wondering what they're thinking, you have to ask in order to find out. And it fully works both ways. Yeah. I would say that like applies for long-term relationships too. Like you can't... <laughs> Every friendships, working relationships, literally everything. It's honestly, it's a piece of advice my mom gave me my entire life. And I never started like listening to it until high school. And it has truly carried me every step of the way. My career, you know, it's how I like, I went out of my way to like get the apartment that I'm in, like, If you don't ask, you don't get. 
I need to tell you about my favorite intimacy card game that you absolutely need for your next date night, your next game night, or a cozy weekend in. It is winter after all, and this is the perfect time to get mindful and to get intimate, and that's why you need the Mindful Intimacy Card Deck by Wonderlust. I mean it when I say this card game does it all. The game contains two decks, each with 69 cards. Ha ha ha. The first deck is for warming up with romantic prompts that break the tension. The second deck digs deeper with spicier prompts that guide conversations around sex and new adventures in bed. I think a great idea too that Wonderlust is doing is you can also pick a card every day as almost a mantra that inspires conversations to build a deeper connection on a daily basis. It is truly such an incredible game and I really mean it when I say I think it's one of the best games on the market right now for intimacy. Wonderlust is offering bedside listeners a discount code and even exclusive bundles for this holiday season so you can get one for you and for your bestie. So if you head over to wanderlust.co backslash bedside, you can use our discount code bedside, B-E-D-S-I-D-E at wanderlust.co backslash bedside. That's B-E-D-S-I-D-E at checkout, wanderlust.co backslash bedside. Kind of switching gears here. I'd love to talk about like, how do we set up a killer dating profile? Let's walk through what you believe is a standout profile or like is just going to set you up for success. Your profile needs to say something about you and what it's saying about you can't be I'm basic and just like everybody else or I know how to write a witty prompt or I take good pictures. It needs to show your personality. And I think that's the biggest thing that I see people doing wrong. I review people's profiles every week. It's something that I do alongside the podcast and nine out of 10 times, it's like, oh, this profile would look good on Instagram if these were your Instagram pictures and your captions, but I'm learning absolutely nothing about you. Your profile needs to show what you're passionate about, like what dating you would actually be like. What do you do on any given week, any given day? And so really using your pictures and your prompts to paint a picture about who you are is so important. And so what I suggest to people is, you know, ask your best friend, like, what are five things that define me? Like what makes me, me and find a way to put those things into your prompts, into your pictures, like make sure they're actually representing you. I think too, like one of the things that I just thought of is like, how are you spending your weekends? Like, are you camping? Are you a brunch person? Like, I feel like like showing kind of like how you live your life is kind of a cool way, even through like imagery, right? Being like, yeah, this is how I spend my time. Do you do the same? Exactly. And, and I think with that, like don't try and display the things that you think are cool. You're not trying to be cool. You're trying to be you and uniquely you. And nobody wants to date somebody who seems like too cool for them. You know, like we're all really fucking weird people and people like us for our weirdness, like literally how Jake and I matched. And the reason we're now like living together, almost going on two years was because I had a prompt in my profile and it said, I won't shut up about my dog, Zoe, the Jonas Brothers, Sugarfish, and whatever song I'm listening to on repeat right now. And he messaged me and said, I love the Jonas Brothers too. And 
in two weeks, we are literally getting on a damn plane and going to Las Vegas to see two Jonas Brothers concerts. And that was his idea to go. Oh my God. Hell yes. So be weird. Like be you. Yeah. Be you. And, and it, what's funny is like, we have these weird ways of operating in the digital world. Like when I think of Instagram, it's like everybody's trying to like exude this coolness and this like idealism and like perfectionism. So it's no wonder that when we get on dating apps and are creating profiles, we have that same that same habit, right? But I love that you said everyone's weird because guys, everyone's fucking weird. You're weird. I'm weird. We do weird, goofy things like and like kind of like lean into that. <laughs> yeah. Those are the things that somebody's going to like you for. My partner said to me the other day, he's like, I love how you like wake up in the morning and like it's so funny. I just brush my teeth and I'm like dancing around. He's like, you wake up every morning, you're like dancing and having a good time. I'm just like, yeah, I guess I guess I do do that. And like that's like my just my humanness, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I I this is I, I, they're not going to listen to this, hopefully. I mean, I, I want everyone to listen to this, but I just did a video for a brand where I'm talking about my morning routine and how I like crush my mornings. Yeah. And when I told this to Jake, I've never heard him laugh harder because he was like, what are you talking about? Like, you are the worst person in the morning. You stay in bed for two hours. You've never once crushed a morning. But it's like, if I was trying to be cool, I'd be like, yeah, like, I'd be one of those girls being like, this is my five to nine before my nine to five. Like never in my life. That's just not me. But yeah, that seems cool to me, but it's not me. Yeah. Like it's like everyone these days, like the cool, cool girl thing to do is like wake up with your hot lemon water, like go to Pilates, like make a girl. Like it's like a whole routine. And you're like, who who am I kidding? Like, Literally would never be me. I mean, I do go to Pilates and I enjoy that, but I go at 4.30 p.m. You're like, let me make it very clear. I am not a morning Pilates gal. Okay. Correct. <laughs> that is so hysterical. Oh my God. I literally could talk to you forever about like a million different things. What would you say you're most proud of in your like evolution of dating and kind of just like forming relationships with people? What would you say kind of coming from that rock bottom, being where you are today, what has been your biggest highlight? I think transparency and not being afraid to be open about, you know, really who I am and what's important to me and what I've been through. Um, I was in definitely, you know, a unique situation in my dating life where I would meet people and my dating history was publicly available for them to listen to. Um, and that's something that, you know, obviously most people don't have, but I think it ended up making me feel more comfortable being open and sharing those stories with these people. And obviously, you know, I'd be even more vulnerable with them versus the public, but it's, you know, we've all been through things and I think we're often afraid to really talk about them and open up about them. And the more I've done it, the more I've learned that everybody has something. Everybody has been through something in their life. Maybe it's not even specifically in their dating life, but it's in their life. It's something heavy that impacted them in a certain way. And that's something that I really enjoyed learning about people when I was dating. And I would really only learn about it once I would share something about what I've been through and how it's impacted me. And I think that's something that's really important to take away is like in order to, you know, have people be vulnerable with you, you have to be vulnerable with them. And that opens up the floor for them to feel comfortable sharing. And 
you'll also learn so much about somebody in the way they react to what you're telling them. And I just think it's so important to, you know, be open and be willing to share. And yes, it can be scary. No, do not dump your entire history of trauma on a first date with somebody, but it is such an important part in getting to know somebody. You know, this reminds me, I was actually just at dinner the other week with a friend. She was like, you know what I love so much about our conversation? She's like, we go deep without having to like kind of trauma dump or like go like, you know, it all started on a spring morning. Like we don't go there, you know, like we can talk about the high level thing. And I think that's kind of a cool way that I I think of that in dating too, where it's like you can share, but it's like you have time to really go there if, if that's what you want to do. But I, I love it. I think transparency, vulnerability, it's so human. And we just want to like mirror, see like see ourselves in others, have others see themselves in us. And that is what is like, that's what forms that connection that feels so intimate and zingy and like good. Exactly. You're not going to really like connect with somebody if you're just being surface level. And again, trying to only show the positive, the cool parts of you. That's not real. Like I said, could talk to you forever. Don't worry. You're coming on seeing other people. So we will continue. You just made my whole fucking day. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Okay. I ask everybody this. What is currently on your bedside table. What's hanging out there? Ooh, on my bedside table, I have chapstick for sure. I think it's like bliss text. Um, I have a book. I'm currently reading Carrie Soto is back the new Taylor Jenkins read book. And I feel, I feel really cool for saying that because I didn't start reading until like very recently. So I'm very proud of myself for saying that, um, a lamp and eye shades. What's not on my bedside table is a phone charger because I've recently started leaving my phone charging in the other room in my apartment because I just need time away from it. And I don't want it to be the first thing I look at when I go to bed and I, when I wake up and I don't want it to be keeping me up when I'm trying to go to bed. Mm, I love that. I love that. You're like, not welcome on the bed. <laughs> not welcome anymore. No, I I'm, I've like really been getting to a point where I just want to throw my phone out the window Same. at all times. And so like, that's, that's literally, let me be clear why I go to Pilates so that I can't be on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where can we find you? Where can we listen to you? Please drop all the links. Yes. You guys can check out seeing other people wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along on Instagram at seeing other people. And I'm on TikTok at Alana Dunn. So fun. All right, guys, I'll link everything in the show notes. Alana, such a treat talking to you. I can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, if you loved this episode, be sure to share it with a friend, post it to your social media, and of course, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It's such an easy click. If you just head to Spotify, there's a star right there. Just hit that five star on Apple. Super easy as well. Feel free to leave a review. And of course, go check out Alana's show, Seeing Other People, and stay tuned. I'll be on her podcast as well in the coming weeks. So exciting. All right, guys, have a wonderful upcoming holiday. Happy dating, happy meeting, happy connecting. I love you. I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at the bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening. Bye.